0: My guy Jay Morrison. What's up, Jay? Not much. Getting ready for the season to start. We're ready. Finally, they yeah, count.
1: Yeah, they do finally count. It's about time. It's been a little rough. It's been it's been a little rough having to think about Preseason, I, we were just sort of was laughing in the locker room today. As it sort of changes where the last month we've been talking to all those guys on the back end of the roster, and then Monday you show up like, okay, let's go talk to the real players again. And we've all forgotten about you know the the fifty first and fifty second and fifty third man of the world because let's be honest, in the big picture, they really don't matter much at least right now.
0: And, and I don't think they were crying over not being talked to. I don't. I think they were just as happy to have us see, see us all talking to Andy Dalton and Joe Mixon and John Ross and. <laughs> And we would love to talk to A.J. Green, but he's still not talking to the media. Um, he, he was walking today. It was picture day. And he came in from the team picture walking as opposed to being on his scooter. So there is a little bit of progress in that regard. He told me he was
1: off the scooter. I was mostly wondering why he didn't get the pimped-out scooter that Tim Lukaboo has. Which, if you followed me on Twitter, I, I we've had a couple of shots of the most ridiculous scooter that I've ever seen. I mean, it has... It has full-on... Handlebars like big old rims and like turn signals and everything else. I mean, it's pretty impressive. He pointed out that he didn't think his injury necessitated such a glamorous scooter, and he's off his now. So I I
0: talked. I'm sorry, but I I talked to Tim after practice today, and he said he's glad to be off of it. He 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 hasn't turned it in yet. He said just in case something goes wrong. So I wanted to ask him if I could have it for a day and ride it around. I mean, it looks like a lot of fun. Is there a rental? uh, Well, yeah. I don't think they bought it. I think it was, it was just for the the temporary time of his injury.
1: I need this. I think I need to try to make this happen. I think we need to try to hook this up for one of us. Just If I came rolling out in that thing just for one day, if it's totally rentable, I feel like that is a good way to go.
0: I could get on a bird and we could race. Yeah.
1: (laughs) (laughs) No, I'm not doing anything like that with you. We learned last week with your King's Island shenanigans that there is that is not a good thing for me to be doing. Which, by the way, after your uh, uh, opening up salt packets, uh, not that you did this, but somebody you knew opening up salt packets on the Beast uh, thing last week pointed out maybe the... Uh, Kings Island Jays salt packets uh, jerk move of the week might be a future thing that we need to do on here. Uh, now that we know your history.
0: There, there, I wouldn't be too hard finding a jerk move of the week in the game. It might be tough to, I mean, maybe we could uh, maybe we could go after the media room and, and see if there's guys that are pulling off those kind of moves or something. But uh, yeah, I, I think that would be a fun addition to the podcast. We may, we may
1: do that uh, quick run I'm in, mean, we got going on today uh, so my season prediction story is out we're going to kind of talk through some predictions of where we see it going where we differ uh, some of the key things I, I've got a key number that nobody is, has probably ever talked about outside of maybe us uh, uh, in the media room that I think actually might be one of the biggest differences and whether this team is relevant or not so we're going to get to that. Um, I want to talk a little bit about this offensive line and what exactly the expectations should be. Uh, we'll take you behind the curtain with uh, a conversation uh, with Darquez Denard, who was placed on PUP. And uh, I thought his reaction uh, was particularly interesting uh, in that it wasn't uh, smiley, uh, amongst other things. So we'll get to that we got a Twitter question uh, that I want to get to that does sort of revolve around Andy Dalton. Of course, Optimistic Bobby is here, is coming, is back this week. And he's got, he's, he will point out that he doesn't know how much he's needed this time of year considering how optimistic everybody already is. But he's happy to weigh with his optimistic take. So our guy, Bobby Slattery from 50 West. Uh, is with us because 50 West is with us. So pumped to have them on the move over here. Now our main sponsor here on the Hear That Podcast growling show. Uh, So great to have them here with us. And there will be live shows out at 50 West this year, which we are super excited about doing, mainly because I uh, can drink their newest beers uh, and working at the same time which
0: is fairly ideal and also talk to you guys face to face
1: yes yeah <laughs> that too that too but mostly the beer um <laughs> uh, so after that of course we will have our offensive brute we'll play run passer boots and uh we'll see where else we end up all right now that we're all set to go let's go season prediction mine is now on the record i have seven and nine um i i went into it uh, in depth, game by game, and everything uh, in my story today. So I want to know you, Jay. I don't know. I don't know your prediction yet. We have not discussed it. What do you got?
0: Yeah, I'm the same way as you. I saw in your article where that's that's the one question that everybody asks. I was at a pool party yesterday. I was at a fantasy draft yesterday. That's what everybody wants to know. Is so. How are the Bengals going to be this year? And uh, I was. I came. To the same destination as you at seven and nine, I, I kind of took a divergent path. We disagreed on a, on a couple of the games as you go throughout the season, but um, I, we I think we both had them at five and five after Oakland. With I, I mean, I think if you ask the coaching staff right now if they would sign up for that, uh, the fans maybe too. That if you're sitting at five hundred after ten weeks with a chance to make a run at the playoffs, I think most teams would sign up for that. But that uh, the ending of the the schedule is particularly tough, and I just I don't think they. They, they don't have the players, they don't have the stars, as you mentioned, to, to finish this thing off strong enough to get into the playoffs.
1: And I think that's something that you would come away pretty optimistic about, where if the coaching staff really did have that kind of an impact. Because I just feel like, it, you know, and I point out in this, the I think I see that your ceiling and your floor. I And now granted, you can say this probably for what, like, 85 percent of teams that it's probably somewhere but in the middle between two and above two over 500 and two blows so for most everyone finish. i have them between five and nine wins i think that's their ceiling and that's their floor I, outside of this is obviously barring a, a Andy dalton injury uh and maybe even if so i i don't see them losing 11 11 that would be a re, that would be a real disappointment obviously but i think even by the standards of where they're at um, I, I don't. I don't see that. I, I, I think if if things fell their way a little bit, I, I think nine wins is in play. I think it could look like, two thousand three did, like two thousand and eleven did, where you know two thousand eleven they ended up nine and seven, two thousand three uh, a lovable team uh, that that uh, had a big win over Kansas City and kind of got some momentum back going the right way. I I, I do think that that is. I think that's your 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 cone of probability is we're in hurricane season of of where I I think they could end up depending on how things fall
0: yeah I mean I think to get to nine like everything has to go right and they have to stay healthy and all the breaks have to bounce their way and that just doesn't happen in the NFL you you never see a team that charmed where it seems like everything goes their way over the course of a season Uh, the floor you had at 5 and 11 I agree somewhat that I don't think they're going to go below that because I don't think this team is really any worse than they were the last couple. I mean, as bad as the last couple of years were, they, they didn't get to five, you know, they didn't lose double digit games, but I could see a scenario where it could happen this year. you got a young coaching staff. You've got a very tough September. It's not out of the imagination that they start the season. Oh, and four, you know, if they drop that home opener, they're not going to be favored to win any of those three road games. And then if, if they do start 0-4, maybe some some questions start creeping in the, the, You know, as far as confidence with Zach, with, with the, the coaching staff as a whole. I could just see where this thing could possibly implode. I don't think it's going to happen, but I, I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility.
1: There is going to be a serious adversity test that shows up. I mean, that's what it's going to be. It's, and it's going to show up somewhere after the September. I mean, that's, that's cuz how they how they survive that is going to be the most critical juncture this season cuz it's just and who knows i mean maybe they come out of it i actually i have this plan for our run passer boot later as as what their start will be after four games and, and because i just man I, I look at it and and if you if you, if you're sitting 1 and 3 or 0 oh and 4 with a new coaching staff you wonder what you wonder what the players are thinking at that point, and and it's just you know going to Seattle. It's just a total buzzsaw game. This is an absolute grinder. And, you know, we'll we'll talk to some people from the Seattle side of things on Thursday's podcast too. It's this is just they have just destroyed people in the in the opener. I mean, it's just unbelievable. So to think that what is it? They they actually two hundred and thirty eight. To 74, as they've won 10 straight home openers. That's the score. I mean, they're just just no one scored more than 16 points. It's a tough place to play. People are out of control in their in, in Seattle, and you, you throw all, everything else in it. How do they react once they coaches get a better feel for what they have, and the players get a better feel for what game days are like under this? Everybody gets their adjustments done and you set your feet back on the ground, if they then do what we're talking about them doing and make their way back to 5-5 five and five after whatever this first month ends up being, you're right. To me, already a success. Whatever happens from that point forward uh, is cherry on top when you consider what this roster is and all the new things that are in place here. Uh, I would take that as a cherry on top if they were sitting 5-5 five and five to 10 games.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And, and, I mean, you talk about what a buzzsaw Seattle is. Um, it's almost like a free pass. Like nobody expects them to go out there and do anything that the players aren't going to say that, the coaches aren't going to say that. But unless it's just a 44-10 to 10 butt whipping, I, I don't think they're going to – any loss out there is not going to start to erode confidence. It, it's if those losses start stacking uh, is where you're going to be in trouble in that regard. So, yeah, you – they're not going to just concede the loss, but I, 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 just, I, can't, I have a hard time envisioning them coming home from Seattle regardless of the outcome and thinking any different uh, about the, the direction of the team.
1: Yeah, you're right. Unless it's a co- complete destruction, which you also get a pass for because it's a new coach in a tough place. And I, yeah. I, I, I agree. I mean, if you're probably even good teams could probably chalk that up as we we're probably going to lose that one anyway. So if you're probably, you might as well get it out of the way now and just go ahead and take one on the chin and and move forward.
0: And come home and play your home opener and hopefully get even right there and then everything's back to normal. But if you lose that home opener, look out because at Buffalo, at Pittsburgh, that that's that's a tough sled.
1: Yeah, I mean, well, there's a there's plenty of time to talk about the demise of the franchise <laughs> if that starts going down. So we won't we won't go too far. But you're right. To me, that's the setup because then, and I hate I hate judging schedules, um, after you know the midpoint because so much changes with teams over the course of the year. An injury here. I mean, you know, if you played if you had San Francisco on your schedule last year. You're feeling great without Jimmy Garoppolo, even though Nick Mullins turned in an admirable season. You know, one injury, if Baker Mayfield gets hurt, the outlook on the Bengals' entire schedule changes because you have those two December games against who the hell knows is playing a quarterback for them, and everyone's in in a riot up there. I mean, if any, things can change on the back half of that schedule, except for New England. They will be winning, and they will be good. We know that much (laughs) in December. But so... So, you, you but you see where you've got a bunch of games at home. You've got a, a bunch of games against teams that have major question marks. You know whether you're talking about the Jets. Uh, you're talk- you know who knows what's with the egos. The the full tank is on in Miami. It, it, you, all these things set you up where if you can survive all of this crap that is in front of you this first month of the season. You have a chance to actually do something. So, we, you know, as much as we throw... We, we typically will throw away some early parts of the season. You know, and, and there's a lot of people out there that point out some of the best teams essentially use the first four weeks as preseason part two a little bit. That they try out some other guys at other places. They try some... They, they tinker with other things to see what they have so they can set themselves up for the second half of the year. For this team, I mean coming out and stealing a win or two early on somewhere in those first five or six or whatever it is uh is absolutely going to be crucial because at that point you give this coaching staff time to get themselves together get everything going in the right direction and maybe and then you get aj green back and then you get darquez denard back who's on pup, and suddenly Maybe you feel a little bit of momentum if you this coaching staff is figuring things out, and here comes number eighteen. Finding a way through that though is going to be the most crucial part between relevance and pretty much irrelevance.
0: Yeah, you're right. I mean, the big question is AJ: How soon does he come back? That's what everybody wants to know. That's and what does he look like? And what, yeah, exactly. You, you know, you, you've written about it. He's getting older now. Um, I don't know. It, it's just. He's not going to be the savior. It, 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 he will help the offense quite a bit, but it, it's it's not like they can just wait till he comes in riding in on the white horse and everything is good when AJ Green gets back.
1: I, I really
0: wish guys that are stars that come back from injuries actually did ride a horse.
1: Like could you could we uh, Denver could pull that off because they've already got the horse there, right? Devin
0: Bush could in Pittsburgh.
1: Devin so <laughs> Devin White. There's many people. Nick Vigil could if he ever had a series. He's a big horse guy. William Jackson's a big horse guy. And a pig guy. And a pig guy. He could ride in on a horse while holding a pig.
0: That would be awesome. <laughs> that,
1: I feel like, I think you should let any player, when they get introduced for a home game, come out on whatever animal they want to. Chariots. I want chariots.
0: And then they dismount from the horse and sprain their ankle, and then that's the end of that. And then, uh, yeah, this is true. But, or or the horse just goes absolutely
1: nuts for being around that many people, and like, it's just bucking people.
0: <laughs>
1: it could end badly. I see there there's, a, there's a, some problems people might have with it, but I like it. Ride in on literal AJ Green on a literal white horse. Week five
0: to Old Town Road. To
1: Old Town, <laughs> <laughs> All right. So one other thing I want to make sure we talk about is the offensive line because I mean, it's one of these things that every fan is 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 just in. They're in tatters. They're just oh, and I, and I get it. I get it. I tweet. I tweeted this uh, it, earlier in the week. With a hashtag, this is not an endorsement because I, I I totally understand. No one is looking at this Bengals offensive line and is gonna say yes, they are going to mall, folks, right? Like nobody nobody is sitting there and and is ex, is excited uh, uh, of the prospect of well, if Cordy Glenn, who's gotten the concussion protocol, doesn't get cleared, Andre Smith is playing left tackle. Bobby Hart, people still don't like him. And now you've got a rookie playing left guard. And Trey Hopkins is unseated. Billy Price. People are not. I, I, I get it. I really do. But here's the thing. And, and and tell me if you disagree with me on this. I have a little bit of a take on the offensive line. And that is, well, one, you know, in the preseason, Andy Dalton wasn't sacked. was only hit once. And they protected fairly well. The scheme helps that. They are getting the ball out fast, That which plays to Andy Dalton's strength, and that's part of it. Also, the talent level on this line is essentially the same there was last year. I mean, they're better at right guard. I mean, John Miller's better than Alex Redman by a decent amount. Michael Jordan might be better than Clint Bowling. I don't know. I mean, they obviously had their issues with Clint Bowling. We don't know that yet. Cordy Glenn's the same. Bobby Hart's the same. Trey Hopkins played last year. He's basically... He's beat out Billy Price. It's basically the same. He may even be a tick better. And they weren't good last year. However, the offense was not the problem last year. The defense was. They were scoring fine. They had the, they had the leading rusher in the league. So I'm just saying, I'm not going to count out them as a team because the offensive line isn't great. Because the offensive line wasn't great. It was just this last year... And I didn't really have a problem with their offense.
0: Yeah, I think the issue, the worry that everybody has, is what happens if/slash when there's an injury because depth is a major problem right yep. now on that line. But you're right. You, you look at that five that they're going to trot out there in Seattle, and it's, I mean, basically it's just like just don't suck. You know, <laughs> if, just, if if they're average, this they've got the skill guys to this offense. Could, I still think this offense can be a top ten offense, even with the line constructed as it is right now. So, yeah, it, and they're going to come up, like you said, with, with schemes that it, it's not. they're not going to ask these guys to be holding blocks for four or five seconds, and he's going to be getting the ball out immediately. Now, if they start falling behind in, in games and they, they need to throw the ball downfield more, then then maybe that becomes an issue. But but what we saw in the preseason was, and it was vanilla, it, we didn't see a lot of the motion that we saw in, in OTAs and that kind of stuff, but... It's, it's Andy getting the ball out right now and letting the playmakers make plays in space. It's whether that was Zach's plan all along or that's him adjusting to to what he sees as a deficiency on the O-line. I don't know, but that's the way they're going to roll. And I, I, I'm i with you. I don't think it's going to be as big of an issue as people think unless somebody goes down, particularly a tackle. Because right now, if Cordy can't play, we're looking at John Jerry being the first Tackle off the bench if there's an well, injury. Well, Andre Smith. Well, Andre, I'm, I'm assuming. I'm, I'm assuming if Cordy can't play, you're starting Andre yeah. and Bobby, and then they just re-sign John Jerry, and he's going to be. He's really the only other tackle they've got that can go in there and play if there is an injury.
1: Yeah, yeah, you'd be. Yeah, the the pinch at that point, and you just hope. You know, who knows what happens there. I, I just. You know, the, the depth is if any team lost their start, top two starting tackles, which is what we're talking about here with Jonah, and, and which, which, which if you want to know more about Jonah Williams and, his, and what's going on with him and, and uh, his plan to potentially come back this year, all those things, Jay had a great uh, story on Jonah this week. Um, so make sure you hop over and check that out. But you lose Jonah, you lose Cordy Glenn, potentially in this scenario that we're talking about. How many teams in the league can lose their top two tackles and not be totally nervous about what's sitting out there? I was talking with Duke Tobin earlier this week, and he was like, you know, there's probably 20 tackles in this league that teams feel good about, really feel good about trotting out there. 20. There's 64 starting spots, you know, or right. spots that are out there that you need, that guys need to be ready to play, or have to play, when you're talking about 64 starters.
0: And the Dolphins just traded one of those, 20 away. I mean... Right. That... With two first-round picks involved, which gives yes. you a,
1: a feel for maybe what potentially a going rate would be. Not that all teams would pay that, but they did. And I just, you know, you. This is, this is kind of part of what happens... Uh, but I don't think it is the total damning blow on this team that I think most fans feel like it is because look at these names and 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 think how could this team do anything and I I I don't know I mean Dalton wasn't sacked a ton last year and Mixon ran for a ton of yards and they got a, a a dude who's who's a pretty strong offensive mind who's coming in here I I I tend, they're very aware of what they are fielding in the front five. So I don't look at it as they're just going to be out there running four wides, five wides and asking these dudes to protect. They're, they're going to cover their butts on that. And maybe it, maybe they're not going to be good enough. And maybe it is the ultimate downfall of this team, potentially.
0: But I don't think it's the, the, the total be-all end-all. I just don't. I mean, basically the NFL is seven on seven. That's, it's what it looked like anymore. You don't need offense. I mean, I don't want to say you don't need offensive linemen. Obviously you do, but you can work around it. And, and, and Joe is so good. He doesn't need gaping holes to go through. You give him one little crease and we've seen what he can do. And, and I, Gio is still, a, I think, going to be a big piece of this offense. Um, I'm with you. I, I just, and, Unless there's an injury or two, I, I don't think the offensive line is going to sink this team. Uh, Joe Mixon agrees with us, and I I actually want to point out,
1: this was a question, I want to bring this in, this is a question to him that was not about the offensive line, it was literally just a question about Jadavion Clowney, uh, which, by the way, you don't want to see him lining up across from you if you have Andre Smith out there or whatever, but point being, the question was about Jadavion Clowney, and as he kind of got about a sentence in, he ended up, here, here's Joe Mixon from the locker room on Monday.
0: Uh, Clowney, uh, just seeing him since I was little, um, he's always been a freaking nature. Um, he definitely
1: has a lot of uh, up and arounds, you know what I'm saying? So, uh, you know, our linemen,
0: our tackles for the most part, uh, they're going to have their hands full. So, you know, they got to, you know, bow up and get ready at the end of the day. Um you know, I'm not worried, not one bit, you know, about what um, our tackles and what our line can be able to do. Um, you know, people fail to realize that they always claim, like, our line was weak, but, like, they don't remember that. We we got the, you know what I'm saying, the AFC leading rusher. Like, you know what I'm saying, Andy didn't put up numbers, Jeff put up numbers, you know what I'm saying, TB put up numbers, like, they like they failing to realize that. But, I mean, we're going to wake them up soon, you know what I'm saying? So, I mean, I'm not worried about, you know what I'm saying, none of that stuff.
1: Joe Mixon would like to point out all the things that we've kind of been talking about here for a while. And, and you know, y'all gonna wake up. I mean, I, I, like, I like, you gotta like the way Joe, Joe just, he's got so much confidence and, and enthusiasm that uh, man, he's, he's, he's a believer. And I,
0: you know what? He's got the numbers to prove it at this point. He's got that year
1: under his belt.
0: And he, he was in a terrific mood today because he's got his old buddy Samaj AP Ryan back. Yeah. Not just on the team, but in the locker right next to him, which was Joe's request. The team went with that. Um, I agree. I, I think he is in for a, a really big year. You kind of mentioned it in your piece, your prediction piece. Uh, I think he's going to be a bigger part of the passing game this year. And, yeah, he, we we talked we said this a couple of times. He led the, the AFC in rushing last year. Don't forget, he missed two games. If he stays healthy the whole year, uh, I just think his numbers are going to be better across the board. Rushing and receiving.
1: Yeah, plans plans to use them out of the backfield a lot more, too. All right, uh, before we go behind the curtain, I have a number that we need to come up with. And, if, if Jay, if you need more, because we haven't talked about this, if you need more time, we you can put your number in on this on Thursday. Games played this year between Cordy Glenn, A.J. Green, John Ross, and Tyler Eifert. That is a core four of this Bengals offense that feels a bit like a house of cards at this point when you consider their injury history, both career and recent. AJ, we know already, is going to miss a few. We'll see what that ends up being. John is healthy. Eifert is healthy. Cordy Glenn has a concussion right now and a lot of injury history. Out of 64 games... How many
0: do you think the Bengals will get out of those four? Are you going to give me a an over under number, or do you want to pick? Over. I, I have
1: an over under already written down, and I and I have a number that I think would literally start winning them games in my mind, and I, I will I will say those after you tell me what you think.
0: Well, it will be. I I'm a firm believer of never bet against the trend. I I, I really I am. I am bullish on Tyler Eifert this year. I think he's going to have a great year if he stays healthy, but we know what he is. That's the question is, will he stay healthy? So, I'm I'm thinking you probably are looking at eight or less for Ross and Eifert, and ten for AJ, maybe ten for Cordy, so... I'll go thirty-four. Thirty-four.
1: I was gonna set the over-under number at forty. Hmm. If you're basically given ten games apiece for all of them, or something like that, go give or take. If that number is forty-eight or higher, I have much different expectations for this offense. Uh, I'm. I mean, if you give me if you give me those guys playing the, that core of guys with injury history playing the majority, playing twelve all playing 12 out of 16 or more, suddenly I feel much different about what this offense can and should be if those
0: guys are healthy. Yeah, because the two biggest questions, I think, are, are Ross and Eifert. Those are the guys who could – it could be two games each. I mean, yeah. just you, when you look at their history. But, yeah, I, if you're going to set that number at 40, you're on the under. I might do a mortgage payment for the under. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I need to call my wife real quick and see if that's okay. But, but yeah, I would, I would go way under if, if, if that was the over under, but you're right. If it, if it goes over, if it gets up in that 48, 50 range, like I said before, I still think if everybody stays healthy, this can be a top 10 offense and, Those four are the most important pieces to stay healthy. What that number ends up being, to me,
1: might be one of the most important numbers of this entire season because their their offense is built around guys with talent and injury history. And if they can avoid the injury part, you just get the talent, things look a whole lot different. Tweet at us. I want to know what your numbers are. Are we off? Or is is what you would set the over under at, and what you think it will be, and what that means? I want you to know. I want to see, I want people on the record. So when it ends up eight, right? Like when the number ends up being eight or twelve total, uh, that we can all, or the opposite, that we can all look back on how right or wrong we were and what it meant. So we,
0: we need to sign a hashtag to this so that we know what people. When people are just throwing numbers at us, uh, and plus it'll make it easier to go back and go through everybody's pick. So what Hashtag Bengals House of Cards. Ooh, I like it. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Hashtag Bengals House of Cards and send us your number out of 64 potential games. How many the Bengals get out of them? We want to hear from you. And we'll uh, screen
0: cap every single one of them so nobody's going to be able to delete no them. No
1: deleting! No deleting. Alright, uh, let's go Let's go behind the curtain here uh, real quick. Um, and it's about... I had a conversation with uh, Darquez Denard on... Monday and Darquez goes on pup, uh, so he'll miss the first six games of the season. And Darquez is a very uh, delightful, conversational guy who I've had a really good uh, relationship with since he's come here, you know, five years whatever it was back in 2014, and he's always thoughtful and and and, all, and relatively outgoing. Um, in the, in in interviews and things like that. So I, when he went on PUP, I was just kind of curious uh, his opinion on that. He was not super into being conversational today, uh, and you know, every question I had, he was basically hitting me up with a one word answer, and pointed out that you know quote. Uh, that was the decision that was made, and uh, is it? Fr- He's definitely. It's definitely frustrating. And I asked him if, hey, you know, when you had your procedure done, which was done, in, I believe, early May, uh, when you had your procedure done, did you think that there was any chance that you would miss any of the season? No. What well, did you have a setback? No. And it was everything was. Darquez does not agree with the pup decision. I, I found that interesting. A tough one, from a team perspective. I don't know that. That's when. How many games do you need to know that darquez will be healthy for in order to not pup him? I and mean, what is that that roster spot worth? I, that That's cut. Kind of, I think that was one of the most interesting, toughest, probably decisions that they had to make over cut down week.
0: I mean, they they know they have Bw Web that they can stick in there and be a competent slot corner and. You know, if anything happens to him, you've got Darius that can carry you for a couple of weeks. I, I just, I, I, just watching Darquez's progress, or lack thereof, on, on the rehab field, I just had a, a kind of a sense all along that that was the plan. That The fact that he, he never, I mean, I've never seen anybody on the rehab field that long. We've seen guys out for the year, and it, it, once you're back on that rehab field, it's a, generally a, a couple-week process where you progress to the point of practicing and then getting in games and... It, it just felt like he was being held back, and now with your conversation with him, that, that certainly sounds like that was the case. That's just it. Being
1: held back pote- against his will, maybe, a little bit of saying him wanting, and players want to play, and players don't have to be happy with these decisions. So I'm not stating that it was right or wrong either way. And from a team perspective, Darquez hasn't practiced. He hasn't done anything in the entire offseason program in a new system. So once he is healthy and practicing, how long does it take him to pick up the system? Does that add another week or two of needing practice reps and for him to, a whole new system he's never been in his whole career, he's just had to watch. And from the and that's from the point that he's healthy. What point is that then? Is that week four? If, if he could be back, quote, week two or three, and then that's just on the practice field, and then he needs a couple more weeks to really be, you know that he knows the system and you can trust him out there, Well, you're almost at week six now anyway, and I think that's probably where the team is coming from. But that's an interesting thing where were they basically holding him back out of practice to to just let's just pup him so he can get three weeks of practice or whatever he needs, and you know he's ready at that point.
0: Or, I mean, how much of it was a – not a rebound factor, but a chain reaction with the Jake Dolagala decision where they they just didn't have that extra roster spot available because they didn't think they were going to keep two, but then Jake played so well in the preseason – you got to keep three quarterbacks. Um, I don't know. It, I understand Darquez's frustration because, like you said, players want to play. But don't forget, this is a contract year for him. If he's yes. only going to get ten games, I mean, he he thought he was going to get paid a lot more than he did this offseason. If if he's only going to get ten, maybe even eight, because as you said, if it's going to take him a couple weeks to 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 get in game shape once he returns to practice after week six, I could easily see him, you know, act putting him on the fifty three, but uh, keeping him inactive on game days, maybe it's not until after the bye. Maybe we don't see him till week nine, and then he's only got half a season of numbers to, to go out there and try to get another contract.
1: Hey, Darquez lives a good life through the next six weeks. Checks still keep coming, and he just has to sit there. That's what we all need. We all need that job where you just sit there, and then the checks keep showing up. That's all right. Where do you sign up? I don't know. Don't tell our bosses that we're looking for this. (laughs) No stories filed by Jay the next six weeks. Puts himself on Pup. Uh, All right, I want to go to a Twitter question here real quick. This one is from Matt Farnsworth. Shout out, Matt Farnsworth. Uh, If Dalton puts together a statistical season that lands in the top three of his career, which is essentially what I was putting forth uh, in the prediction story, that I had up. Will we see him in stripes next year? Well, next year I think you'll definitely see him in stripes, almost certainly. That doesn't necessarily mean anything. Uh mean it but if he plays at a level that is anything in the vicinity of twenty fifteen and or if it's between his second best season and, you know, whether we're talking about twenty thirteen and twenty fifteen or whatever, somewhere in that range, yeah, you're definitely gonna because he will have played really well that would be a top half of the league quarterback season depending on how high you get I mean if he played to 2015 levels that's a top 10 quarterback season so you definitely would and his contract's not up until after next season so they would keep him in here and then at that point you would see maybe some decisions made after that or whatever if he plays well under Zach Taylor I think there's a pretty good chance that you're going to see him here for that season and beyond
0: yeah, that's the big question. Do they extend him? If he has a great season this year, do they even extend him If he has a great season? season this year,
1: I think they definitely
0: do. Yeah. Because he's he's not going to break the bank. He's he's been and is as much as people complained about the contract that he's currently on, he he's affordable for for what he is and I don't you wonder all the time about hometown discounts and I don't think Andy's going to try to you know, test the market and, and see how much he. It, it, I'm sure he wants to get paid. Obviously, everybody wants to get paid, but I don't think he's gonna go looking for the highest dollar, no matter what. I, I think he's he's made a home here. He likes it here. He's obviously seems comfortable with Zach and with the new the new staff. Um, I know a lot of fans think it's time to move on, but if he has a really good season this year, you're right. I, I think they extend him how long that contract is you have to see but look how long quarterbacks are playing now they're playing into their 40s he's still nowhere near that um so the the other end is if if that floor that we talked about earlier if they fall through that floor and at your start you start looking at it like a top five pick I think that's when you see them move on and, and go get the quarterback. But they're the not going to be there
1: if he plays at but that level. But that's what level. I mean. That's what if I mean. he plays at that level, they're not near there. And it's a make-or-break season for Andy Dalton. And so, it's, to me, it's, it's about if we're talking about him playing at that level, if he is playing at that level, you know, if he's averaging six and a half to seven yards per attempt or whatever it is, you know, then, yeah. They're, and, and they're probably going to win a lot of games if that's the
0: case. And I just I wouldn't want to be the guy or girl managing their books because you're going to have maybe AJ that you have to deal with. Uh, Will Jackson's going to be up for an extent. I mean, they've got a lot of big decisions to make. Joe Mixon
1: might be holding out.
0: Well, let's, all of that all of that is is, is in play in their as they go
1: with their future. We have a whole offseason to go into those problems, Jay. We must focus on this week. Uh, I, before we do that, I do want to hop in, and uh, it's time to talk to Optimistic Bobby. Because he's here. He's got optimistic thoughts. He is the pulse of the Bengals fan. And that's why I love talking to Bobby. He has the real pulse of the Bengals fan. That and loads of delicious beer. And uh, something that's turning into a campus uh, out off Route 50. So anyway, here is uh, 50 West owner and operator Bobby Slattery.
2: Oh man, am I excited about this. Because there's no day... Where there's more optimism for an NFL team season than the week of the first game. Today, this Monday, as we're talking right now, is one of the most optimistic days of the year for every football fan. And that's why I'm going to the most optimistic Bengals fan. And our good friend, and back with us, has come over with us, staying on board on the podcast 50 west my my brewery and beer of choice always 50 west under bobby slattery optimistic bobby god what's up man (laughs) i feel like you've been saving your vocal cords up just for that one like holding back god feels good paul feels good to be back (laughs) back in it i mean it's I'm the new station. I'm the new. Uh, we're in the new station. You know, I caught I caught Slack on Twitter. People were people were upset. They said, "What well, you know? What's up with this? Why why aren't you?" Uh, they they uh, you know, I'm, I've always been a very loyal person, and I, I I stayed with you, and and I got backlash. I couldn't believe it. <laughs> backlash? Oh, like that. Like there was a person out there. Like, hey, what's up? Why aren't you guys? Uh, you know, what, what's up with Optimistic Bobby? And I'm like, I, you know, I just stick with Paul. Paul's my guy. Hey, that's it. it and, and and God, we love having you here. And I uh, I you know, we'll be out there this year celebrating uh with some, some live events and many coast to coasts will be uh will be consumed, uh, without a doubt. Uh and you, got, you guys got all kinds of new stuff coming out now. It's like every day on your social feeds I'm always like, there's just like a there's a, there's a new beer or something. I'm like, man, y'all are cranking out there. Yeah, we're making beers for runners. We're making uh we're building a brewery in Chillicothe. Yeah, oh, wait. What, what what is the beer for runners? That's like there's actual like electrolytes. Yeah, yeah. Our, our brewers like drink Gatorade for like literally <laughs> like two weeks straight. They were just like running tests on Gatorades, trying to break down what what it is inside of all of these uh, performance enhancing drinks, and so then they took the information out of that to brew the perfect beer for for when you finish. So you know we train. I don't. know, We've talked about it before, but we uh, we trained eighty five people for half and full marathons last year out of out of the brewery. Uh, and so we started thinking, like, well, we got to start making beer for these people. Um, not that our current selection is, isn't good, but we just started saying, like, hey, what, what additional things can we do? So we've been playing around with that, and uh, we'll go follow Route 50, and, you know, you can, you'll you soon be able to take a right out of our place and drive, like, about, you know, 130 miles and, and fall into the second 50 West on literally oh. on the same road. It's going to be good. Uh, and And oh, then we got... Crazy. Yeah, we got a bike trail coming through uh through our space and there's going to be a whole like there's going to be a, 50 West is going to be a, a whole different world uh come spring of next world. It's going to be so, like a campus. It is. We got we got a cross anyways. <laughs> I to, I'm, I don't want to talk about 50 West anymore. I'm uh, sorry. sorry. I appreciate I appreciate out there, the we we were out there for the punch out and they, it was moved over and They're like yeah, we're going to have all this space. And I'm like it's, what? It's, it's like uh, you know, it's like seven years <laughs> in the making, but uh, it, it's just like a good football team. It takes a little bit to put it all together, and uh, you know, we've had some good seasons, but we, we feel like the Super Bowl season is, is right around the corner for us. So, and, and, uh, and, and unlike this one, you guys will have an indoor facility, so like it's it's way better to attend. <laughs> <the military. laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, all right. So here's we'll start with this. You have the most optimistic, I assume, predictions for this. What is your prediction for this season. What do you what are you what are you feeling right now? I, I don't know how I feel about it. I mean, I, I love I love Zach Taylor. Obviously that gets me excited. Uh you know what I was thinking about? What keeps popping into my head? So in Marvin's first season, do you remember when uh Peter Warwick and Ted Johnson were taking photos of each other in Cleveland? Yes. yes. Do you remember that you specifically remember that game? Yeah. Uh, that was like the eight and eight Kitna year. So like <sighs> I just hope this season is the exact same. And I hope that the the feeling that I got at that point in my life, when those two were taking pictures of each other and being like, Oh my God, this is so much better than anything we've ever had. Um, I just want the same feeling again. I not, not, it's not even about like a touchdown celebration with players taking pictures of each other. Cause that's like happens all the time. Now it's just, it's this new, you know, it's something new. And, uh, I, I I'm excited to, to see it all unfold. We'll, we'll know, uh, we'll know here shortly. And, in less than a week, we'll, we'll be yeah. able to see what, what this team's all about. The 0-3 season noted for what, a game that people still talk about. Is Kansas City Chiefs. No, Kansas City and it goes down. I think it was in our last 30 years. We had we did the best plays of the last 30 years last year, uh, last July, and number two was Peter Warwick's punt right. return because right. of what it meant. It was the P. Dub game, that was and, it. And, 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 and I mean, you get a real football. will talk about that game when they, they they became Bengals fans because of that team and that season. And it was because it felt like, oh, they have you know here is real football again here. And I think there's a thought that maybe this can be, this can be that or not. Of course, but I know that you believe. Yeah, that's a good thing to look at it though. I think I think that's a success. If you can create a wave of excitement like '03 did here. That that'd be a huge win, right? Like remember, how all of a sudden we were like competing past you know, the seventh week of the season. It was like, it was like there were games going on. That Kansas City games. That is the most fun. uh, I think that's in all my years of being a Bengals fan, that that is probably the most fun game I've ever, ever attended. I've been to a lot of fun games, but that was like, Oh my God, this is, this is real. So that's the hope. Uh, you know, there's questions, you know, like, like any year, you're gonna, they're like, hey, what, what is, I think that the core, like the, the, the foundation of the team we've got, we're obviously a lot better than we were then. Um, but it's yeah. just you know, like, hey, what happens? What, I'm excited to see the offense. You know, we, you kind of like, uh, I'm hoping we see some new things we've never seen before. I'm assuming we do because it's an entirely different coaching staff. Um, but it's, uh, it's, this is the easiest time. This is where I I'm I, I actually bring the leaf to the table because uh, there's not that many <laughs> angry people out there. No. We'll we we need you, it trust yet. me, we'll need you soon. When you start at Seattle, San Francisco is going to be good with Garoppolo, then you have a game at Buffalo, and then you have to play at Pittsburgh on Monday Night Football. Trust me, there's a chance that some adversity is going to be striking, oh, man. striking oh. and you are going to be needed very soon. God yeah there is uh yeah. hey we're, we're, let's let's see who knows if maybe they surprise you know we've won the n f l Weird things happen all the time, so let's uh it does. we'll we'll see how it goes and and I'm just excited to be i'm excited to be continuing on uh as a part of your podcast, I'm excited about your your new things you have going on uh and we've got a new coach and, and life's good it's it's a beautiful day. Life is good. It is a beautiful day. Bobby, it's great to have you uh, back with us here, as always, City West, uh, m- the personal sponsor of every night, pretty much, at my house, where I'm coast to coast uh and probably one too many uh as always and definitely a good sponsor of labor day but i'm i'm looking forward to the the campus takeover where eventually like you just build a wall around your entire and you just you become your own township
0: <laughs> the us
2: township out there that's what i that's what i feel like is the next step we're we're getting there slowly but surely but yeah <laughs> so in, enjoy enjoy your labor day Awesome. Thanks for thanks for having me on the show. And hoo baby. Can't wait. Can't wait to uh, to be talking to you here in in a, in a couple of weeks about uh, about all the optimistic things we can be optimistic about.
1: Looking forward to. Uh, seriously, they're going to become their own township out there. Like they're gonna. They have that whole. It's just going to keep expanding and expanding. They're gonna have to build a wall around it. It's going to be a whole thing. Let's
0: no, not talk about building walls. <laughs>
1: I just say It, it is un, It is unbelievable uh, as we go out there. I mean, they're and then they're building a. They're building a brewery in Chillicothe. I'm looking for. I mean, think of the off season or whenever it is that they open up the Chillicothe Brewery. I'm all about a trip to the Chillicothe for a live podcast with the Chillicothe Brewery.
0: Then pit stop you, to OU. You and I go to OU. That's right.
1: We gotta go. We gotta go represent. Big week for the Bob's, by the way. Huge Pittsburgh. week, Pittsburgh. They yes, bring, That's, this seat. is
0: the toughest game on the schedule they, they could run the table if they were to somehow pull this one S- off will you stop seriously Bobby got to me being <laughs> too optimistic <laughs> too
1: optimistic they're gonna run the table uh, let's go all right let's get into uh let's get into our uh, our theme song hits offensive brute time I have an offensive brute do you have a do you have an offensive brute
0: well I, I guess you got to define it because Jake Dolagala wasn't really a brute. But man, he was.
1: I think he's a gen. I think he's. It's, it's more of a more of a general brute. It's not like an actual
0: brute. Yeah, he's not shoving guys around. He was. No. He was a star. I mean, he he looks every bit like an NFL quarterback. Uh, the the presence he has in the pocket, the the arm. You mentioned you want to see a, a radar gun on him. I would love to see him go to one of those speed pitches where they're throwing baseballs and have him line up with a football and see how fast he actually throws it. Um, and we got to see him get out of pocket uh, this last game, and he looked—he he made a couple throws on the run that were really, really good. Um, so he would be my vote.
1: Yeah, no, there's no doubt about that. I mean, I would even throw uh, – I think I'd throw Ventel Bryant in there, who I think the last couple of weeks surprised me with some of the plays he was making. He was kind of an afterthought in the receiver room and made a, saw a few really nice plays. Sure enough, what do you see – doesn't make it through to the practice squad he ends up dallas liked what they saw and they put him on their on their ps for a chance to go go play down there but i i thought he actually showed a lot uh this year
0: you see that a lot it's kind of a testament to what chemistry means between receivers and quarterbacks because you've got a a third string quarterback and a third string wide receiver these guys he's used to throwing to him and then they get that odd on the field at the same time and you just saw that connection it, it wasn't just this game, it was that that Giants game too. He had a really nice deep ball to Ventel. All
1: right, it is uh, run pass or boot time. Yes. So, so here's here's the let's start with the Bengals run pass or boot that I have. Okay. Bengals run pass or boot. First four games, 0 and four, one and three, or better than that. Run, pass,
0: or, eh, or boot. All right, I'm gonna run with one and three. I, I just they, they find a they, they find a way to win one of those. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna pass on 0 and 4, uh, and I'm gonna boot better than that. I just I can't see them with this this new staff coming out and going two and two, three and one, uh, right out of the gate.
1: I agree with you. I'm in a wholehearted agreement <laughs> that one and three feels the most likely. I. You could see zero and four happen. I mean, it's a tough. It's a tough first month. There's a lot of variables. To be better, I mean, to really come out, they would have to be. Look, the statue would be. Would we already be talking casting the statue of Zach Taylor? I know there's no Munoz. Forget it. You don't need a Munoz when you can put the Zach Taylor statue up if they're three and one. Or, and they win on Monday Night Football in Pittsburgh
0: or if they're 0-3 and they win on Monday Night Football yeah. in <laughs> St- Pittsburgh if, if they go statute. to Pittsburgh and win at night he gets yeah. a statue
1: yeah I, I that's a really that's a really interesting one I, I just I have a tough it's just so tough on these new coaches man every I had this in the story every single coach first year coach lost their opener last year 0-7 first year coaches were in their openers last year it's just part of it it's, it's just not easy to do and then you throw the schedule on top of it.
0: Were were, uh, were all those zero and seven last year? Were they they weren't rookie? They were just new. They were head coaches first with new head teams. Coach, the
1: seven new coaches. Okay, yeah. So not first oh, first year head coaches. Right. So but zero and seven to start, and then ten and eighteen in their first month. So they evened out after that. Ten and eleven after that first week. But the first week in particular, total war zone for for these guys. All right, run or boot for me. What do you got? All right, it's
0: it's opening week season opening week so i've got three opening themed items here uh we've got opening day for baseball yeah we've got the opening day of the march madness ncaa tournament not the first four, the real opening day of that and then opening weekend of the premier league which i know you're a big fan of
1: i i am but see i'm a fan of a of Everton, who only makes me sad once they start playing, <laughs> so so that so that's different. First of all, you have to run with Opening Day, like it's it's Cincinnati. I love all things that truly celebrate Cincinnati, and Opening Day is that to me. It's it's number one or one two ish for me day of the year. Opening Day is just too great for me not to run. I'm running with that. I'm, I'll pass on the NCAA tournament. I've got lots of love for it, but. I don't know. I feel like I'm, we're usually busy, or maybe I'm even working it half the time, and it's 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 great. But I'm not. But it's no opening day. And,
0: and day, day two is the same as day one,
1: right? And the Premier League, like I said, it just makes me sad because Everton's going to disappoint. Like I have a like this year, play Crystal Palace and go to a zero-zero draw. And you're like, uh, oh, I waited all year to just watch these guys run around and not do anything. And so anyway. It, that that that's, that's where uh, that's where I stand with it. That. That's a good one. Do you, but Bengal
0: fans have never related with you more. Than yeah, <laughs> watching your team just makes you sad. <laughs> makes sad.
1: Well, I do. I feel like people that that uh, that are ever. There's a few got people out there on Twitter that are both Everton fans and Bengals fans, and I feel like we're always in this discussion of some of the similarities. I think that they feel that I feel there, there is there is a lot that uh, goes together. What would be yours? Well, you're not really a Premier League guy, so.
0: Yeah, that. So it it would be the same. You just you got to run with opening day. It's 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 a it's a goosebump kind of day.
1: Yeah. Uh, All right. So here's mine for you because I saw you posting about Walmart. what, what did ha- why there were there drunk people uh, fighting at Walmart or something? I don't know what
0: happened. They just said that the police were there and a suspect had been tased, and I just uh, confirmed that it was not me because <laughs> that, that I go to that Walmart. I, I get my prescriptions at that Walmart. Not because it's, you're
1: often tased correct. because you go to that it was, Walmart? It was
0: in my na- it's in my neighborhood.
1: Have you ever been tased?
0: I have not, and I, <laughs> I hope to continue that streak for the rest of my life.
1: <laughs> All right, so run, past or boot these Walmartish stores. Walmart, Meyer, and Costco.
0: Okay, I'm I'm going to run with Walmart just because that's where I go the most often. Um, you do strike me as a Walmart guy. It's it's in, it's enjoyable. It's I mean It is. It, it 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 the people watch. It's almost like going to Kings Island. It, well, that's it, true. The the people watching is really entertaining and I feel like they do a good job of keeping stuff where it's supposed to be. Every other <laughs> store, you think you know where stuff is, and they move it around every other week. And the, like the Walmart at Bridgewater Falls in, in Fairfield Township, I know exactly where the electronics are. I know where the pharmacy is. They never move it. So I'm going to run with them. I'm going to pass on Meijer. Um, I, I used to go to Meyer a lot. When I was working covering preps and working desk shifts at the Hamilton Journal, if I needed stuff after I got off at 1 or 2 in the morning, the, the Meijer there was 24 hours. And... If you go to the Meijer on the west side of Hamilton at 2 a.m., you walk out of there feeling pretty good about yourself. (laughs) It is a major confidence boost. And then I'm gonna pass on or boot Costco because I've never been to Costco. I've heard great things about it, but I've just I've never bought a membership and never been there.
1: You didn't know that you were gonna get the ultimate shout out and endorsement of the Walmart in Fairfield Township until it shows up. That's why we love. (laughs) <laughs> I love having someone from your side of town here, Jay. <laughs> we get all the good stuff. Uh, all right, so that's a, that's our let's run, pass, or boot. Anything else that you would like to add as we head on out of here?
0: Um, no, I'm just looking forward to this season. I'm looking forward to getting out to Seattle. I've never been there. Um, yeah. I, I, you tipped me off to uh, touring this park in Vancouver. I'm still on the fence about driving to Portland three hours to see Iron Maiden on Friday night Uh, I did rent (laughs) a car so it's still it's still in there Iron Maiden update
1: uh that's awesome Uh, we'll, we'll obviously we'll have the Thursday podcast uh if you're listening to this uh on iTunes uh these this is the one free one that we have out there uh during the week if you are an athletic subscriber our Thursday podcast which we'll be talking with uh Joe Goodberry we'll be talking uh uh with the athletics writer the athletic writer in seattle uh and we'll have our game predictions and a closer look at what happens uh in the locker room on wednesday and thursday all that stuff and then uh, also behind the athletic paywall uh, will be our post-game podcast and that is sunday night after the game in seattle jay and i uh from that game before i hop on my red eye back and hate my life there for a while but uh, all that is is coming up the rest of the week so keep an eye out for it uh shout out to our guy chris Meany producing uh so uh we will uh, we will talk to you on thursday have a good one everybody